0: Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris down on the beach again and oh, I think it's going to snow. I think it's going to snow today. What are we? Just about the end of August and and, uh, bloody hell. And of course my feet are numb. What happened? Yesterday was so hot I was walking around in a t-shirt. Wow, I love this. Don't you love it and I'm looking out to see there's a huge wave so there's no uh, ocean swim for me today but wow there's really good surfers out really early in the morning while we're in what's it called COVID lockdown I don't know I don't know what they call this certainly not much locking down in Bondo I can tell you that hey uh, look there's three levels at which we can approach everything. And as an example of that, I just want to use anger as a demonstration. So if we're angry, the first level of approach is primal. And the primal level of dealing with anger is eliminate the source. So we either, if, we, if we're angry with the kids, we tell them to change their behavior so that we won't be angry with them. Or if we're angry with somebody, we try to fix them and help them be different so that they don't make us angry anymore. Or we pack our bags and we leave so that we get away from the source. Uh, We leave the house and go to work or and therefore we don't have to deal with the kids or we leave the relationship or the job. That's primal and it works. Fight flight, primal. That's the first level of dealing with anything. Eliminate the source. Second level up the pyramid, which is the majority of the pyramid from should all the way up to choose is emote. We want to feel different about this experience of anger. We uh, uh, say, "I'm going to express it or repress it. I'm going to express my anger. Oh, fuck you!" you know? Or I'm going to repress it. Oh, I'm seething, and most people die from disease caused by this middle territory. As you know, most people do not die of old age. They die of disease. And all disease, mental and physical, comes from this emoting. Uh, If you want to read about that, if you're not sure what I'm saying here, there's a book called Molecules of Emotion. Uh, The author is Candace Pert. and I recommend it stood the test of time Nobel Prize amazing so anyway especially anger so I would say 95% of all death on earth is expressed or repressed anger now the problem with this expressing and repressing of anger which is the middle ground is It validates it. So basically, whether we chop wood, uh, go for a run, uh, tell somebody how angry we feel, or swallow it and go, I will not express my anger. And of course, what we repress, somebody else express. And so a person who represses their anger gets angry people around them. But most importantly, a person who represses their anger or expresses their anger validates the source of what's making them angry, which kills them. No organic health food process on earth is going to resolve expressed or repressed emoted anger. So The most common words you hear from a person who's in this middle territory is what feels right. This feels this, this feels that. Then there's the walker space, the top space, the higher consciousness. Now, it's not for everyone. As I said, the vast majority of the world's population die young. Uh, They die of disease. And... uh, That's just the way it is. So the vast majority of people are not interested in the walker space. But the walker space questions cause. So if you're angry about something, it's probably an opportunity to question your view of the thing you're angry about. But of course, that means being wrong or not right doesn't mean being wrong, it just means being not right. And of course people are addicted, the ego is addicted to righteousness. So when you say I'm going to question the source, the cause it really does attack uh, identity because identity is built out of ego and our identity likes to be right. So walk of space means you've got to have self-confidence that comes from a higher level of self-awareness than your identity, your ego. Whoa, that's threatening, not being right. I even have clients who do coaching with me who work very hard to get it right before they come to coaching so they don't have to get it wrong or don't want to be wrong so they sort of want to be right during the coaching which is sort of limits the uh, the bandwidth that you can do in coaching because coaching is not about right and wrong when a person wants to be right, it's hard to coach because as soon as you say they're not right or there's an alternative, they feel wrong. And that upsets them and they feel like there's negative feedback or it, it's too confronting. So with anger, for example, if you're angry at something and you're doing it the walk away, you'd say, maybe my view of that thing is... What's making me angry, not the thing. And you might consider looking for a different way to see it that didn't make you angry. Now, that means that events are just events, that every crisis is a blessing, there's order in the chaos. All these words we use a lot. And you say, how the hell do I do that? Well, you do four columns and you get to the point where it is just a thing. Kids not, but kids not doing their homework when you're homeschooling. Four columns. Huh? <laughs> benefit drawback, benefit drawback. Too much red wine last night. Benefit drawback, benefit drawback. four column process is the most simple meditation on earth and I think that's really important so it's a little story I've got that's a true story so somebody I know was playing with their children in the park one of their children fell over so they stopped to pick them up and help them In the meantime, the other child, who was riding a little bike, kept riding and found a tree. And climbed a tree, as all kids do. But they still had their helmet on. As they climbed, they weren't very high up. As they climbed, they slipped. And the helmet got caught on a branch. And began to hang the child. It's a frightening thought all this and if it weren't for the presence of another person who happened to be walking past the tree that could have ended really badly. That event spoilt in a way, spoilt the weekend of the parent. She was traumatised, so there are three levels of this, one, eliminate the source. She was very angry at the child for climbing the tree with a helmet on and made them promise never to do it again. Eliminate the source fight flight the second part she went to to was to emote how do I feel I feel terrible I feel like a bad mum I feel like you know someone I don't want to feel like and that emotion emoting lasted for the whole weekend but it was just an event And at the end of the day, 30 seconds after the kid came down the tree and was all okay, except for some tears, it could have been over and done. Instead of imagining the worst or the best, it could have been just a state where it was an event. That might sound, for you listening to this, that I don't care. But once something happens, it's history. And hanging on to history in anything but a state of balance serves nothing. I think it's really important to think about this because at the base level we operate primal get rid of the source, get angry at the middle level we operate as a a person in our identity in our ego as a man or a woman or as a androgynous or as a he she or whatever we define ourselves we emote and in there becomes a complex massive options at the top level we operate as a being with purpose it's hard to stay operating as a being with purpose it's really hard because The opportunities to get drawn down into events and either try to eliminate them by fixing things or emote about them, expressed or repressed, is infinite. But the evolution of your life depends on your ability and the time it's gonna take you, in a way, to take any situation, and rather than try to eliminate it, be angry about it or whatever, rather than try to emote about it, feel the anger and express or oppress it, is to find and turn it into what it originally started as, which is just an event. In sport coaching they talk a lot about staying positive. And I think that's really important because sports people require feedback constant. We all do in a way. And when something bad happens for a sports person, whether it's in an event right in the middle of it or uh, at the end of it or before it, they have to immediately refocus their brain and give feedback to their body to maintain a chemistry in their body that uh, that is uh, going to cause uh, good performance. So most sports people will take every event that happens to them and say, I can learn from this. It's a standard uh, fixed response to all events that happen to a sports person. If they lose a race, I can learn from it. If they, I don't know, fall off their bike, I can learn from it. What can I learn from this? And by having a positive feedback loop, the sports person doesn't get depressed or discouraged from their aspiration in the sport they're doing. So it's a a really good uh, piece of uh, psychology, sports psychology. And I think we could use that a lot more in our lives. Uh, To quickly move from, oh shit, I'm angry about this, to, it's an event, what can I learn from it? And I think that uh, the instantaneousness of that shift can be beneficial uh, from time to time. Uh, As I say, sports people use it nearly all the time. If you listen to every Olympic interview where the person didn't do good, or they had a crash, or they... Uh, were eliminated by some thing, we can learn from this. And they basically say, this is an event on a journey to a destination. And so they have a way of managing the feedback loop that that creates a healthy process. I think with the kid in the tree story, there is a feedback loop, uh, as you can hear from what I've described in the story. The, the parent was a really that it happened so they want to eliminate the source. That is not a good feedback loop. That's an unlucky person. That's a bad thing. That's trauma. Uh, And post-traumatic stress can go on for 10 or 15 years if the person's unprepared to move beyond being angry at the circumstances uh, as this parent was uh, telling the child don't do that and don't do this should have done that, and don't do this again. And, and either eliminate the source, which was never go to a park with trees in it, or never put a helmet on their child again, or, or never go bike riding again, or punish the child to a point where the child is uh, uh, no longer vulnerable. So, I don't think necessarily that post that 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 stress that trauma uh, gets eliminated by getting away from it. or or fixing it, I think it just stays waiting to reoccur. So I don't think the feedback loop from that is energizing or confidence creating. I think the emoting part is, is way too easy. That you feel sad or you feel traumatized or you feel sad, happy, or you feel engaged or disengaged because the whole thing about emoting is that it depends on another person's opinion about you to be you or it depends on your own opinion about you to be you. So it, it's, it comes down to the idea that what I feel, what I say to myself, what, what my, what my uh, feelings are about me or what other people feel about me become the driving criteria for the journey of my life and they can't be separated. If how I feel about me is important then how others feel about me becomes important too. And I get left in a world of motivation, where my emotions will drive me forward, my emotions will equally drive me backward, and I will not have confidence in myself or in other people because those emotions fluctuate with the wind, just like today's temperature. I think self-confidence comes when events are just events, but they are stepping stones along a pathway. And therefore, there is, in defining things as an event, a feedback loop. And the event is that you're lucky. No matter what happens, you're lucky. And I think to feel blessed, which means to look up at the sky more than once a week, to look up at the sky every day and look up and think, wow, how how, how blessed am I to be here and things. And to seek and to, con- to sustain that feeling is where we get self-confidence because that's where inspiration, where the inner voice eliminates the need for the outer ones which is the, the, the voice of feeling, the voice of emoting. So with that last, with the walk away, uh, we, it may not sound as uh, entertaining or engaging, but it's far more inspirational, it's far more beautiful and the energy lost uh, is reduced to almost zero from uh, circumstances. Now I know uh, holding this space at the top of the pyramid is uh, is work uh, and from time to time you lose it and that's considered to be what I think is to be one of the big purposes of a coaching session is to get you back on the top of the pyramid each, each time we talk. But I think sustaining or sustaining the default habit of trying to have an identity and, and, and know yourself as what you feel and therefore your emotions, expressed or repressed, which is morals and ethics of good you and bad you. I don't think this is the, the, it creates a feedback loop which is, that encourages you to stay on track. I think it's a feedback loop that confuses you and takes away any self-confidence you might have. In your destiny. As I said I love the, the sport one because a little bit you say everything that happens to me is just an event that I can learn from but to have that paradigm you have to have something that you're going to that you need to learn to get to and so having a sense of singular vision and goal becomes an intrinsic part of having a positive feedback loop because If you don't have a sense of goal or a sense of purpose or a sense of something, it's impossible to give yourself uh, uh, the message that you can learn from an event Um, and therefore it would be impossible if an athlete had no other events after this one, like they were going to Olympics and that was retirement. The idea of saying I can learn from losing at the Olympics, uh, I can learn from falling off my bike in the Tour de France, I can learn from that, the idea of that goes away because there's really no event to learn to go towards. So, my way, the walk away, is not just for sports people, it's for business people and family people. It's basically saying, Yeah, I can learn from it. That's emoting and that gives me a feedback loop. But the more perfect thing is to eliminate, in a sense, any emotion that says anything else but I'm lucky to be here. Even this uh, complex, difficult situation I'm in has blessings. And finding those blessings is not about finding positive without negative. What it is, is about balancing the negatives you already will be experiencing from an event with positives. And finding balance. And therefore eliminating the need for opinions. Eliminating the sense of self that comes from how you feel. Eliminating the sense of self that comes from expression or repression of certain character traits. Because we all know everybody has every character trait. So expression and repression is just how we mask up. And there's no self-confidence in a mask. This is a beautiful day. I'm going for a swim, cold as it may be. And uh, I wish you all well. Bye for now.